Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. One of the biggest weeks on the NFL calendar is here, and things are moving fast and furious. Well, unless you're Aaron Rodgers, but we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> uh, welcome into the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi is back. Yeah, it's good to be back. And yes. not only back, but in the flesh as yeah, well. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's good. To, it's interesting. I made that journey uh, from ni- 1981. I drove across the country to start my career at UNLV with the great Harvey Hyde. And it was deja vu all over again. I did it one more time, and now I'm here with you. I'm excited. I mean, we got a lot to talk about here with the NFL and college hoops. So this is the best time of the year. Final. What? What do we got? The uh, the tournament kicks off tomorrow yep. uh, Thursday. So. There's a lot going on, and we still don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Oh, my gosh, I know. Um, Also on the show today, we'll have Will Hill join us at 945 Pacific, 1245 Eastern, get into some of his college basketball plays. He has a very interesting Final Four prediction. Well, only Will Hill could do that. Yeah, Yeah. well, I mean, he's so busy doing, you know, running the Lakers, doing the Vikings, signing those guys. Man does a lot of sports. He He can do it all. Who knew? Who Who knew? knew? Um, And also your guy, Thomas Gable, is going to join us as well, Um, get some perspective from behind the book where the money is going for these early games. We do have um, the first four beginning in Dayton, Ohio today. Just to give you the lines on those real quickly, um, for the 16th seed in the South region, Texas A&M Corpus Christi is a four-point favorite against Southeast Missouri State tonight. Total 155.5. And And then for the 11th seed in the Midwest, Pittsburgh plus 2.5 against Mississippi State. Total 132.5. Can you even, like, focus on any? Uh, Do you dabble in March Madness at all right now? I love March Madness. I mean, some of my closest friends are basketball coaches, and, and I love it. So... Uh, you know, it's just so hard. Like, I don't understand yeah. how A&M was, what, an eighth and ninth seed? I mean, how did that happen? Like, they were they were one of the best teams in the Southeast Conference, and they got kind of uh, taken out of it. And then, you know, so I, I do. I love college hoops. It's, it's fun. And I think this is the one year where don't laugh at anybody's brackets, oh, yeah. including Will Hill's Final Four selection, because who knows what could happen? I mean, this could be upside down. Texas fires Beard. The new coach mm-hmm. comes in, and the program just really lifts itself up. So it's it's all over. Marquette's resurgence. I mean, they yeah. ran Shaka Khan, Shaka out of uh, Smart, out of uh, Austin, and he's gone up to Milwaukee and done a great job. Yep. So, yeah, I love it. 
they were 85 to one in the preseason to win their conference. And now a lot of people have them in their final four. Moving I know. Forward, it's, so I mean, it's, it's great. And, you know, and, and look, this time last year, Smart was a bad coach. Think about that. You know, it's, so it's all about, I think what we learn in college hoops, it's are you at the right place at the mm -hmm. right time? I think a lot of that, plus this NIL stuff is really hard to navigate. I mean, A&M did a really good job. They didn't sign, they didn't have any big five-star guys. He got a lot of transfers and he took his NIL money and kind of distributed it throughout the team, which I think helped. Whereas Arkansas, this is in Mus Musselman's, uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, his, uh, this season where he supposedly had all these five-stars, this has been his worst year at Arkansas. Yeah, and I was I was rooting for them like crazy last year. I had a futures ticket on Arkansas. I really needed to get home, um, uh, and no. I thought that they could get there. But they we'll see what that, happens. They run into that buzzsaw called Pablo Bonchero. You know, they got him and Duke. <laughs> to, to me, that game sealed him to be the number one pick overall in the draft. Well, and Duke now their resurgence this season after a slow start to the to the year have now kind of kicked it into gear on a nine game win streak coming into the tournament. So lots that we will discuss with college basketball throughout. But March Madness not exclusive to hoops, like we referenced off the top with the NFL. Um, yesterday a very busy day <sighs> with the league's negotiating window opening up, legal tampering. So like the unofficial. <laughs> official start of free agency, I guess. Yeah. But you said it. We still don't know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Although, if we're reading the tea leaves here with the Packers getting close to a deal with Alan Lazard and now trying to work something out with I Randall said, Cobb, it'd be pretty odd if he didn't go there. Now. You know, I said that to on Femi on GM Shuffle. I thought that Randall Cobb was a lock to become a Jet. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, like that... To me, it seemed like when that that Rodgers has given them instructions on what he wants around them, you know, and to make him feel more comfortable. Uh, and I, so to me, if you're a Jet fan, you're so nervous about it. I know Trey Wingo, we reported that it's done. I, I think it is done. I think it's the contract working that out. I, I think he's made up his mind to play. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're if you're Joe Douglas and you're the general manager of the New York Jets, you can't be in limbo. You, you can't watch all these quarterbacks sign somewhere else and say, okay, who's playing for me, knowing that Zach Wilson isn't really going to be your starter. So he knows something, and he's been told something as he starts to do this, and they work out. The other, the other factor is, who's their competition? Like, who else is in this? No one. So it's either you play for the Jets. I mean, Mark Even the Murphy, Packers aren't in Murphy it. Said, Murphy said goodbye. I mean, they basically kissed them goodbye. So to me, I, I think it, when does it get done? Who knows? Will it be a big story when it gets done? I don't know why, because it's going to be he's going to be on the Jets. So I don't I, unless he doesn't play football. To me, that's the bigger story. From the general manager perspective, like, have you ever encountered a situation where a player had this much control over a situation? Because as as a GM, like usually that's, you, right? Like right. you're holding on to that power. Well, I think because of the Jets' desperation, because Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, has kind of said, okay, I'm all in. I mean, we have two teams in the AFC East that the owners seem really impatient, one of them being the, the Miami Dolphins. I mean, there's no doubt Miami is all in. They're pushing all their chips to the middle of the table. They want to win, and they want to feel like they can win right this year. And I think the same thing with the Jets. The Jets are tired of being the second dog. They saw the Giants go to the playoffs. And they kind of feel like this is their savior. This is their raft that they can get out of it. So uh, I, I think that desperation creates this uh, ability to where you lose control. The Jets on BetMGM from March 6th to now have gone from 25 to 1 to 14 to 1 in the Super Bowl odds to win the AFC. They're 9 to 1, plus 225, second only to the Bills in the AFC East. Are you of the thought process, the way that the Jets are, that they really are just one franchise quarterback away? Well, look, he's a great player. We can all make fun of him uh, going into the darkness. And, <laughs> and you know, we will. And, and we, we will. will. I mean, we can do it all, but he's a great player. I mean, I would, you know, now I don't know if he's a great teammate, but he's a great player. 
I think that's the issue. And it's all going to have to come together. I think the pressure's on Salai. How good are they really on defense? And what's their depth like once they get this contract in? They've, they've restructured so many contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, are you going to take Elijah Moore off the field to put Randall Cobb on the field because it makes you happy? I, I, that one is a little harder for me to understand. But I, I do think that, you know, they'll be a hard out. They'll play hard, and, and it depends on how he relates to his team. You know, I think that's a situation that you have to monitor and see what's going on. I think the volatility in Miami, too. Mm -hmm. There's so many pieces down there. Jalen Ramsey comes in, gets a new contract. Xavier Howard's sitting there. They got so much money at corner. But Stephen Ross, their owner, is basically going back to when they opened their new facility in Miami when Brian Flores was the coach. He wants to win a Super Bowl, and you could see he's gone all in on that. So, to me, every time a team goes all in, I'm a little hesitant to believe that that's the right way to do it. Yeah, well, and that's a really, really good point because even as we look at like the division um, with the on the Packers side of things and the Bears, you talk about going all in, all of the money we saw them put up in free agency yesterday. Um, those teams that spend all of this money, they usually do have immediate success the next year where they make a significant jump in wins, but the sustained success not, isn't necessarily there. there. Yeah, and this and, and look, there's been over a half a billion dollars of money invested in re- redo contracts. Some of it's been cut, some of it's just been redo. That's already it's going to go up to a billion dollars of that money. So that that's the teams just trying to structure their cap. The second part of that is, yeah, you have the Giants in 16 had that resurgence when they put mm-hmm. a lot of money in. But then they how many coaches have they been through? McAdoo, Shermer, Judge, and now they're on Brian, you know, Brian Dayball. So same thing with Jacksonville. You know, Jacksonville's a a, a seven route away from completing Blake Bortles to going to the, to the Super Bowl and yet the next year they haven't been ever they weren't any good. They haven't been good since until last year. So you get that surge, but it still comes back to can these quarter can these guys like like Mike McGlinchey, everybody's making a big deal out of Mike McGlinchey going to Denver. Mike McGlinchey, to me, if if San Francisco wanted to sign McGlinchey, they wouldn't have given Hargrave all the money. It would have been easy to do it. But they know he's a very marginal right tackle in a drop back pass game. So they let him go. Now everybody thinks all oh, Denver's going to be really good on the right side. I think Denver's overspent for a lot of guys so mm-hmm. far. Whether it's Stidham, whether it's the McGlinchey, whether it's the Powers, the guard. I, I mean, it sounds good on paper, but this stuff isn't, you know, what happens next year when they start to redo these deals? I think you have to really take a, a, a longer lens view of this. That's really interesting because and I know we're kind of like following the bouncing ball going around here, but I thought on paper, it looked like Russell Wilson was kind of a big winner of what's transpired over the last 24 hours because you get Sean Payton and he's rebuilding things and he's giving you, you know, protection up front, but you just don't even think that he's that, that world worthwhile well, of a I player. I mean, I watched San Francisco's tape and McGlinchey's one of their weak links in their offensive line. They don't run drop back pass. I mean, Sean's going to run some drop back pass. It's all play action in San mm-hmm. Francisco. To me, San Francisco knew that he was, I know he's the ninth pick overall in the draft, but at 81 or $91 million, that's a lot of money to pay for a guy that isn't a lockdown right tackle. You know, and then you got like Orlando Brown. Like, look what, San, look what I know we're jumping here, but Sanford, uh, Kansas City, they had all this money in Orlando Brown, and they said, wait a minute, he's not worth this money, so we'll sign Taylor for that money. And Orlando, Orlando Brown, it's hilarious. Orlando Brown's agents were calling teams when the free agency on Monday. Like, they had no deal. They're looking for $20 million a year. They're telling teams it's going to be $20 million north. Who's paying that for Orlando Brown? Like, seriously, he was a liability for them. when they, You know, they struggled with him at left tackle. That's why they replaced him. So I, I think, to me, it's about we all see the names, but you got to value the contract, too. To go back to what you said about Hargrave, 
for San Francisco, we know that defense has been a staple for years, but now elevating it with just another critical piece. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, you build strength on strength, right? This guy had over 12 sacks last year as an inside rusher, you know, and then going along with Kinlaw, Armstead, and all the guys that they rotate through. Mm -hmm. And he plays in there the way they attack with their defensive front with Bosa. Look, I would love to play secondary for them. I mean, Manuel Mosley can't get a deal. Now, I know he's coming off an injury. He can't get a deal because he was hurt last year, but also because you watch him on tape and you say, wait a minute, is it the rush that's helping him or is it he really a cover guy? I think it's more of the rush. Well, and for San Francisco, because we know the issues and question marks they have at the quarterback position, having a defense that you know is going to at least have that extra level of protection is important. I think Sam Darnold is going to be a sneaky good player for Kyle Shanahan. I really do. I like that. Let's revisit that on the other side of this break because there was a lot of movement in the quarterback market yesterday. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is now with the Raiders. Mike White, who was another kind of backup plan there for the Jets, is now the backup for Tua in Miami. So a lot more to cover as we return on the Lombardi Line live from Circa Resort and Casino after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4,700 rolling along here. Welcome back to the Lombardi line talking all things 
unofficial official free agency, yeah. as I like to call it. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, they call it the the tampering period, but like like T.J. Edwards, the linebacker from the Eagles, right? So he's got a deal. He thinks he's got a deal to go with the Giants. The Giants think they have a deal. And at the last minute yesterday, right around, they flip and he goes to Chicago. Really, and didn't get any more money to do it. He just picked his hometown over overtaking the Giant deal, which then made the Giants sign the kid from the kid from the Colts and pay him. So there's a little bit of that going back and forth as you see this. And like Jarrett Stidham, the quarterback for the for the Raiders, you know, I thought he would return. Josh McDaniels kind of saved his career, you know, by signing him. The, the Patriots are going to release him last offseason, last summer. They trade for him, and now he goes to Denver, which is an interesting move because, you know, if you wanted an opportunity to start, Denver's not the place to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I very firmly thought that he was going to stay with the Raiders. I did think Jimmy Garoppolo was going to come over, yeah. and he obviously did. Three-year, $67.5 million contract, 34 of it guaranteed. He reunites with his former offensive coordinator and McDaniels there, as you referenced. Um, but I, I fully thought that it was going to be the two of them in that quarterback room. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, and, and to me – I haven't seen the Jimmy deal. Remember this in about contracts. I think there's two kinds of deals. There's the hard number, which is the actual cash deal. And then there's the soft number, which is what we read about. Like today we read that Jacoby Myers got three years, 33 million. Well, it could be really 9 million a year with incentives to get to two to 11. So you have to be really careful Mm -hmm. when you read these deals and and see what they truly are once they come in. So, uh, you know, but I guess he felt like it was a better opportunity or maybe he just feels like, you know, he's better off being a backup to Russell Wilson. I don't know how that really worked, but I do expect that. And it puts the Raiders with the seventh pick in the draft to kind of go in any direction they want to go. So that was, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the draft and first overall and all that a little bit later, but as far as the Raiders position in this draft sitting there at seven, initially, you know, they were one of those teams is in the mix to potentially trade up for that number one overall pick. Now, are they still in the market for a quarterback at seven? I think they should be. You know, I mean, it depends on who they, it depends on what Carolina does, right? And and I truly think there's, I know the betting market thinks it's C.J. Stroud, but from talking to people that I talked to as I made my way across this country this past four days, gave me a lot of phone time, uh, you know, I'm, I get the sense that it's, that the owner, David Tepper, really wants Bryce Young. And I think that everybody's feeling like Frank Wright will win the argument and go with Stroud because he wants the bigger guy. But my sense of it is, is I think I think the owner will win. I think the owner was the reason they made the deal. Remember, the owner is the driving force. They were going after Watson last year. They bailed out. They flew. The owner and his wife went down to Houston to meet with Watson, and they kind of came away. We're not going to do that deal. It's too expensive. And they want a they want a player on a rookie contract. The Panthers do. And I just have a sense that it's Bryce Young. And I think the longer this goes, especially with the odds today, I, I would put pizza money down on, on on Bryce Young to be the first pick overall because I do think that. Now, Houston, you know, I don't know where Houston's going. They're kind of random. They're all over the place uh, in terms of where they're they're thinking. You know, they, they signed Case Keenum to a contract as the backup quarterback. I don't know if it's been announced, but they're going to sign Case Keenum as a backup quarterback, you know, but they have Davis Mills, so they already have a backup. Like, where are they going? Like, how many of those guys can you get? Davis Mills, are they going to trade them? See, those are the kind of interesting things. But I do think when you look at it, if 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 I know Nick Cesario like I do, I think it, if C.J. Stroud or if Will Levis was there, I think those would be the guys he might pick it to. Well, and as far as what you mentioned, though, with the pizza money on Bryce Young thing, this is the best number you're going to get on him for a right. while yep. because he was an odds-on favorite, now plus 350, whereas Stroud has moved all the way to two and a half, three $3 favorite in a lot of places. Um, but just to go back to the original signing here with Jimmy Garoppolo, 
with the Raiders. What did you think of, of the fit and match? Do you think it's an upgrade from Derek Carr or how do you view it? I do because I think that Josh, you know, Derek Carr kind of was, Derek Carr's a really talented player in terms of endearing himself as the ultimate competitor to the team and all those things. I think there's there's some of that, especially when you look at his, people say you can't look at quarterbacks one loss record. Yeah, you can. You know, you, that's what they get paid to do is to win games. They can usually do it. Jimmy wins games. Now, to me, it isn't Jimmy's ability. It's Jimmy's durability. That's the question. Absolutely. Mark. That, that's the concern you have if you're a Raider fan. I think Jimmy will play really well for Josh. Now, he hasn't played in Josh's system for, what, six? How long has it been since he yeah. went to San Francisco? But, 2017. You know, they, he knows the system. He understands how to read it out. It's a different system than most other systems in the National Football League. I think he'll play well with Adams. They get Jacoby Myers to play inside. I think they have some other moves they're going to make as they come forward. they got to fix the offensive line, too. That's another issue they've got to get. You know, they were in the Derby to get Bryce Young, but it tells you, to me, to get the first pick overall in the draft. But to, to, what it tells you is D.J. Moore was the clincher in that deal. Mm-hmm. If they didn't get D.J. Moore in that deal, I don't think Carolina – because Houston um, – excuse me, Carol, uh, the uh, Bears went all the way to nine. So I think if, if the Carter incident didn't happen, unfortunately, in January, I, I don't know if the Bears would have wanted to go to nine. But because of that, I think they went to nine. Okay. Yeah. And it is unfortunate the way that all played out. I'm very curious to see where Jalen Carter eventually falls. Yeah. He's going through all of these meetings and if he's ultimately not like booked for this crime and we don't know how things are going to play out, but he's still the most talented guy in the draft. Right. So, and so they go to nine and, and I think that tells you that they, if they haven't, they don't know the full story on Carter. Yeah. None of us really do. There's all speculation and you have to be really careful uh, because of the tragic incident that happened in Athens, Georgia. But you also have to understand what really – you have to do your own research to piece together what happened that evening. Yeah, and that's one of those things where we've seen other players that deal with incidents that come up on draft day, but they're largely victimless crimes. And this one involves, obviously, loss of life, which is a completely different talking point. When it comes to Jimmy G, though, and you mentioned his durability, that's certainly the biggest issue because when healthy, the win percentage is there. 38-17 and 17 in San Francisco mm-hmm. as a starter. Fifth highest win percentage of any quarterback with 30 or more starts in that span. Um, there's a lot of things that he does really well. They went to two NFC championships. Yeah. They went to a Super Bowl. But is he able to stay on the field long enough to continue helping you in games? And then the second part of my, I guess, concern would be with the Raiders is that in San Francisco, not only did he have the weapons that are helping him out with the yards after catch and that. But defensively, you have a defense that yeah. helps you, whereas the Raiders have been, during that same time frame, one of the worst, if not the worst, defenses in the but league. But remember, when Jimmy first went to San Francisco, Jimmy was a stopgap guy. Kyle wanted to sign Kirk Cousins in free agency. But then Jimmy came in with a bad team. You know, remember, Brian Hoyer was the guy who was supposed to be the kind of the fill-gap guy until they got Kirk Cousins. And then Jimmy started winning games, and that team wasn't very talented mm-hmm. when Jimmy was winning games. You know, this forty, this this Raider offense, if they can strengthen some other offensive line, they've got some weapons. I mean, though, you know, Jacobs to me is is really proved himself to be an elite runner and elite receiver too in a passing game. So I think though there's enough there. Now defensively, yeah, they've got to fix that. I mean, they've blown way too many picks on defense, whether it's Farrell, Abrams, you know, all those guys that aren't there on the team anymore, and it's affected them. And it's cost them, so they're going to have to constantly do that. They signed Epps to play safety. That gives them some help, some a safety that can go and, and perhaps cover a slot and do those things. 
and then they, they brought Faison back to be a corner. So they're trying to improve it, but it starts up front. They need some more help for Max Crosby, and Chandler Jones has got to raise his level. Okay, who's in a better quarterback situation as of yesterday, Sam Darnold or Mike White? Oh, I think Sam Darnold's like I think Sam Darnold can can really ascend now. I think Sam Darnold, if you watch Carolina closely, the way they ran the football, the way they utilized Darnold when he came back. I mean, if you if you were to talk to the the Panther people, which I have, that they they would have said we made the mistake we made was going after Baker. We should have just gone with Darnold. There wasn't enough conviction with Darnold and Baker's pro tape was better than Darnold. There's no doubt about that. But had they play, had Darnold stayed healthy and they played Darnold early in the year, the way they were able to run the football, they were a much better football team when Darnold played. And I think he'll play well for San Francisco. <laughs> I know people think, oh, he's going to be a make a mistake. San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan gets an opportunity. It makes the game easy for the quarterback. He really does. I think Darnold's a really good. And it also tells me that, you know, all those people that want to bet Trey Lance is the MVP next year, and I'm sure there's some of them out there because there were some this summer. You know, this tells me that if Purdy's not healthy, I think Darnold ends up being the starter. Yeah. So Purdy obviously just had the surgery with his elbow. You've got Trey Lance coming back from the ankle, and he has played in the last four years fewer games than Brock Purdy did this season alone, which is just crazy to think about. Right. Um, and Darnold in this situation, I think he's really like set up for some potential success here because you do have that scheme with Kyle Shanahan and the weapons around you to set anyone up for success. I mean, Mr. Irrelevant yeah. <laughs> went on to an NFC championship. It's amazing, right? I think there's no doubt. And and if you're, and to me, Darnold, this was targeted. He wanted to go there and they wanted him. There was conversations about, it's going to be interesting where Baker Mayfield ends up. That's going to be the interesting one. Does he go back to the Rams or not? That's, that's something that's interesting to talk about. Okay. And we will, and we're going to take a quick time out here, but more on the NFL free agency circuit and, of course, the draft upcoming as well. Michael Lombardi thinks Bryce Young is more likely to be the guy for the Carolina Panthers if they use that pick. Discuss both sides of that situation when we come back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year, just $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our whole team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Now, only VSIN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets. Tools like betting splits plus the Big Dance Bracket and betting guides. These guides have in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every tournament game from VEASAN experts, including the godfather himself, Brent Musburger, and our guy, Greg Hoops Peterson. Sign up today to get the betting guides plus full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament. Again, just $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And the first four starting tonight from Dayton, Ohio. So the madness is getting underway, Michael. And yeah, you were just asking me what's it going to be like outside of the stadium wow. swim. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be fun. I mean, I saw Derek Stevens tweeted about it today, like March Madness comes in. I was I was in Vegas a few years ago with March Madness, and it, it, it's really, it's almost Super Bowlish, isn't it? I mean, it's like the, the, the city is just packed with people wanting to watch the events. And I love the moment when the games are down to the final minute and everybody's bets are in, in play here, you know, and everybody like stops eating and starts looking at the screen. So there are a couple moments in, in games in March Madness where everybody like pauses for a second yeah. and it's that moment 
It's right before halftime because everybody's sweating their halftime bets. Yeah. And then the first to 10, you know what I'm saying? Like they 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 have those prop bets of like first to 10 points or first to 15, first to 20. Everybody's always sweating those. They're like, come on. They're screaming at the TVs. It's so much fun. I love it here. That's been the one <laughs> the one downfall because I'm such a nerd about this stuff. I love it. Um, but the one downfall of doing XFL this season has been that I'm traveling every yeah. weekend and I can't be at the sports book to watch some of these games. It's so much fun. Um, I want to keep going, though, with a conversation topic we we had about the NFL draft and obviously the Carolina Panthers give up a haul to take away that number one pick from the Bears and in my mind Michael you don't do that unless you are absolutely sure about what you're doing and it's so strange to me that we're having this back and forth debate about the will they won't they Bryce Young or CJ Stroud yeah I I think that's true I, I think you're right I mean look they went up there with a specific target in mind that's why you know to me if they went up there and it was so obvious for Stroud, like the betting market seems to think, but in talking to people in and around the organization and the agent community, it seems to me that Young has a little bit more pliability in this. And I think Tepper, the owner, who is really intimately involved, I mean, Scott Federer, the general manager, or Frank Wright, the head coach, they're going to be involved too. Dan Morgan, the assistant general manager there, he's involved. But I'd get the sense that, the tape is better for young. And I think once they wrap their heads around it, a 5'10 guy, and I know he weighed 206, but when you talk to people about what he looked like at the 206, it wasn't like they know his, he's not going to carry that weight. And when he works out for the Alabama Pro Day, we'll see. But I, I do think this, what I find fascinating is back when LaDainian Tomlinson, when Michael Vick came out in the draft, John Butler was the general manager of the San Diego Chargers, and he had the first pick overall in the draft. He passed on Vic and traded down to get LaDainian Tomlinson and then got Drew Brees at the top of the second, a six-foot, 5'11"-ish quarterback. But think how far we've come, Stormy, from the point where we're talking about Bryce Young being the first overall pick and Drew Brees, who had an incredible career at Purdue, incredible career, you know, and he's going and he wouldn't go to the top of the second. And then his first couple years in the league, he struggled. I mean, Doug Flutie ended up being the starting quarterback, and then they drafted Phillip Rivers over Breeze. They had Breeze coming off a bad shoulder. So to me, there, there's that hesitation in it. But but when you look at Young's tape, you say to yourself, this guy's really unique. Mm-hmm. He could be the outlier. He could be the Steph Curry of the draft, where everybody says, you know, you can't. he's too small, but all of a sudden he dominates. I love that perspective, and that's something that we talked about a couple weeks ago when you were on the show that, like, yes – he would have to be the exception. He's he's obviously not the rule. He would have to be the exception. But sometimes that exceptional guy, that's when those types of things happen. And Bryce Young could very well be that. And everyone always talks about just like the way that he sees the game is so sharp and is so unique that hopefully it can overcompensate for some of the physical deficiencies that he has. I mean, the arm is clearly there. Yeah. The oh, accuracy arm, is clearly there. You know, his tape is way better than Tua's tape. His tape's better than Mac Jones's tape. I mean, he makes off-schedule plays. Mm-hmm. He's got that Mahomes instincts in the pocket. He's got, you know, and look, I'm, I, I've been all on board about the size. It worries me. But to me, the tape is just... He was born to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. He really was. And he's got a great feel and a great instinct for the game. And if you understand how to utilize him, I think all this doubt. Like, I, like for example, everybody talks about he's too sure he's going to get passes batted down. You know in the top five quarterbacks who've got passes batted down this year? Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Both of them are over 6'4". They got passes. Now, Mayfield is another one of these guys who gets too many. He was fifth in the league in batted passes. But to me, 
it's not always about your size while you get passes batted down. It's about your movement in the pocket and your ability to to see everything around you and how to slide. That's what made Breeze so good. And then Breeze had that overhand delivery, much like Bryce Young has, which then elevates the football above the arms. And he can make those throws, and his accuracy is unique. If you watch the championship game or the or yeah the 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 Southeast Conference championship game two years ago against Georgia, when Georgia had all those players, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. a pro defense Georgia's mm-hmm. got out there. And there was no problem with them there. Okay. I like where you're coming from. Um, when it comes to the the Panthers and losing DJ Moore, um, I'm curious what's going to happen just with that offense moving forward yeah. and like how they're going to grow together. I was intrigued on the GM shuffle when you said to you, as far as the quarterback situation, it was 60-40 that you thought Bryce Young was going to go one because David Tepper is the one that like is probably going to get final say in all of this. And as far as ownership goes, he's going to, like, that's who he likes, at least according to reports right now, over what Frank Reich prefers. Yeah, and, I, you know, losing D.J. Moore is hard for them. Remember, if D.J. Moore keeps his helmet on, Carolina's in the playoffs with Steve Wilkes, right? I mean, uh, and if the kicker makes two kicks yeah. in that in that Atlanta game, they're in the playoffs. And then, you know, if they probably, if J.C. Horn would have stayed healthy at the end of the year, they beat Tampa down in Tampa. He gave up way too many plays to Mike Evans, and Brady threw it down the field. But... I think they're they're going to have to figure this out. Foreman's a free agent, and Foreman's really a good player. But Foreman's one of those guys that when you pay Foreman, you don't get the same Foreman that when he's working on a one-year contract. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. They have Chuba Hubbard. They need to fix that. Their offensive line is really good. They can run the football. So whoever goes in there and plays quarterback, they'll be good. Chenault, I think, is a really good yards after the catch receiver. He's got a little bit of Debo Samuel in him. Like, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's hard to get on the mm-hmm. ground. So this gives him a chance to play a little more. I'm sure they'll probably try to draft a receiver with some of these extra picks, that, with these picks that they've kind of in the middle yeah. rounds. Defensively, they added Von Bell. Um, and for I'm, I'm, I want to get your perspective on a couple of other moves that teams made yesterday. So the Bengals no longer have Von Bell. They no longer have Jesse Bates, who goes to the Falcons. And then the Eagles lose three defensive starters themselves, too. Javon Hargrave, who we already talked about, going to San Francisco. TJ Edwards to the Bears. And Marcus Epps to the Raiders. They still have four more that are unsigned. And it just, I mean, the amount of free agents that the Eagles have is, is, yeah. is absurd. Um, but those two teams that were obviously contenders this year, now losing some pieces. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I mean, look, you know, they knew they were going to lose. Uh, they knew they were going to lose. Cincinnati, I'm talking about Jesse Bates. I mean, that's why they drafted the Hill kid in the first round last year. So they got to put him at free safety and they've got to find a strong. I mean, they rescued Von Bell from New Orleans. So I'm sure they'll find another guy, whether it's Anderson, who they already have on their team or someone else. But for for Cincinnati, you know, they'll be prudent in what they do in terms of their decision making. They're not going to overspend for somebody because, look, they've got 40 million dollars of cap room. But they also got to sign Burrow to an extension. Mm hmm. And so they've got to put that into their accounting measures because that's going to really kick in. They're going to have to get that done. So, you know, I think since he defensively, that Lou Amaromo does an incredible job of how he kind of handles all these. And what other thing, when you understand Cincy, Cincy also is a team that the coaches pick the players. So their their scouting departments and the coaching are kind of they're on the road quite a bit. So they'll find somebody that could fit what they want to do. I don't think that's a big loss. I think when you look at Carolina, they get a free safety, Von Bell, mm-hmm. right? Then they get Tuttle, they signed from the Saints, as to play nose, which then allows Derek Brown to really be a three technique and not have to slide him into the one-app one, a, one app gap. So that, I think that helped their team as well. They paid a lot for Tuttle. I didn't think he would go for as much as he did, but defensive lineman to hit the open market is always – I mean, look, 
Davenport with the Saints got $13 million on a one-year deal from Minnesota. I mean, so when you hit the market and you're a defensive lineman with any numbers, you're going to get paid. For the Eagles, what's the level of concern that they take a step back? They got both coordinators out the door, all these free agents. They did get Jason Kelsey re-signed earlier today. Yeah, but... I mean, I think, well, they, I think they felt like they could do that. Look, the Eagle, and then they're going to change defense coordinators. So they're going to have to have a whole system. They're going to change offensive systems, but defensively, what are they going to do? Be more aggressive? They've tried to trade. They've given Slay permission. To, we reported this on the GM Shuffle. They've given Slay permission to seek a trade. Do they want to do that? Where are they going with Bradbury? Bradbury, to me, is an interesting corner because he's not a man-to-man corner. If somebody pays him and they play man-to-man, he won't fit. Now, could he go to San Francisco? Yeah, but San Francisco, to me, that's a lot of money to pay for a guy that they, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's not a man-to-man player. So the Eagles will be, have a harder time, but who's going to be their competition? The, the Washington football teams improved their offensive line. Who's playing quarterback, right? So so I, I get the sense that they're still in the driver's seat. Yeah, and that's that's another move, by the way. Taylor Heineke is now going to be an Atlanta Falcon backing up Desmond Ritter, who is another team that decided they do not want to be in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Yeah, so mean, it's just all, all over the all place. Over the place. <laughs> Will Hill, when we come back, get into some college hoops. The madness getting underway here later tonight. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM is offering basketball fans a chance at winning big. I'm talking really big. The BetMGM March Matchups $10 million Perfect Bracket Challenge. It's free to play, and it's only at the King of Sportsbooks. Pick up a perfect bracket, and you'll be the legend that takes home the $10 million grand prize. Fall a little short. The player with the most correct picks for the entire tournament still wins a guaranteed top prize of 100000 bucks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to please play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Contest not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. And as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM, somebody who I am sure, Michael, yeah. has a perfect bracket. Oh, there's no doubt. Gotta no be doubt. this guy. Will Hill joins us now. VSIN contributor at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Hit me with it. Okay, what's the bracket? Are, are you winning at all? It's determined. I don't think I've ever won one of these, so I guess I'm due. Uh, these these are hard to win. You got to be a little contrarian. Sometimes you got to differentiate between, you know, having fun and picking what you think is actually going to happen. And, uh, you know, I really like, we were talking about this before the break. I really like these survivors in NCAA because there's so much strategy to it. You know, you can't run out of teams, but you have to pick these teams that obviously are going to win and keep you in it. So survivors, just as fun as the brackets, but uh, what a great time of the year. It doesn't feel like it this uh, in this part of the country, Lombardi. You wouldn't know this because you're out there in Vegas, but we're getting a ton of snow here on the East Coast. But uh, it's, a, it's a great time of year. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I'm out. I'm not in there. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm getting it in Ocean City, which is a good thing. Uh, like, let me ask you this question. Like, when to me, like when you fill out your bracket, I always look for point guards and defense. Like, forget the record, right? Like, like what team has the qualities? to kind of get where they have to go to the sweet 16. Like they, you got to have a point guard that can distribute and, and create, and you got to be really good defensively or mm -hmm. else you won't get there. Like what, what do you look for in that? Yeah. I, first of all, I look at the matchups too. And I like these teams that can play different ways. You know, Arizona was a team I picked because they like to go, go, go. They like to play full court, just transition, but they played a couple of games against UCLA where the game was really slow. It was a half court game and they were able to win that way. So you know, it's a tournament. You got to win six of these games. So you, you really, you don't want to have one fatal flaw. You want to be able to shoot the three, but you don't want to be completely relying on the three. You need different ways to score, different ways to win. So I think, uh, I think versatility is important. I remember, I think it was in your, your first book you wrote about, uh, you know, you want to have a team that can win in the heat in Arizona and win a shootout. You want yeah. a team that's tough enough to win in the cold in, in bad weather. So you need a team that that can play in different ways that can be a chameleon. Yeah, and I think when you when you look defensively, I think that gives you a chance to play different ways, right? Because if you can't stop people, you can't get back in the game. If you can't stop people, you can't extend the lead. Like it, it all starts. I know we get crazy about defense and up tempo and all that, but to me, the teams that get there are the teams that can really lock you down. Yeah, defense wins championships is a cliche for a reason. Yeah, there's <laughs> right? no doubt. Um, but it, it's interesting because there are obviously qualities that you're looking for in certain teams, but there's also, to a degree, like a sense of luck with the path that you're given, Will. Were there any teams that stood out to you a little bit more than others just based on where they got placed in the bracket? Well, I thought the West got really loaded when you look at TCU, Gonzaga, UConn, UCLA, Kansas. I mean, they really sort of lopsided it to where – that's a really tough bracket to come out of. So I didn't, I didn't think they did a good job balancing the, bra the brackets from that perspective. All right, let's get into some of these first four games because you, my guy, have action on all of them. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, let's just start with your favorite bet of the opening games today and tomorrow. What's, what's the one for you that you feel really confident in? Um, I like Texas Southern. I just think they're so much bigger than Fairleigh Dickinson. Fairleigh Dickinson... They're not only the smallest team in the country, they are one of the smallest teams I've ever seen. Uh, they play a 5'8 guard, a 5'9 guard. Their forwards are 6'4", six, 6'6". Six, six. Now, they'll be a little quicker than Texas Southern, but Texas Southern is going to kill them on the offensive glass. Texas Southern has been in this game now three years in a row, so I think there's an advantage in terms of that. 
Uh, I, te- I think Texas Southern gets it done. I'm pretty confident in that one. And how about VCU? Mike Rhodes' team is, I think they're like 15th in the league in defense. You know, when you look at what they've been able to do at Virginia Commonwealth, I mean, to me, they kind of have that formula. I know they got to play themselves in, but to me, their their strength defensively, I know that the conference hasn't been great this year, but they were one of the best teams in that conference. They're going to be a trendy pick here because people are going to react to the last thing they saw with St. Mary's and St. Mary's just got ran off the floor a week ago in Vegas against Gonzaga. So people are going to see that and forget that St. Mary's was good all year. So that's a, that's a, a dangerous one. Like you said, that was the key point you hit on the A-10 is usually like a three or four plus bid league. This year it was only a one bid league. It's way down. So it's hard to judge VCU sort of properly in that perspective. I think St. Mary's gets it done, but that's not a game I bet. Gonzaga, by the way, a team that I feel like is kind of under the radar is a three seed right now because their regular season wasn't to the standard Gonzaga team we usually see, but then they turned it on and they could be a dark horse too. Yeah, but I always worry about Gonzaga because everybody that I talk to in the in, in college basketball is Gonzaga's schedule doesn't really allow them to get tournament ready, and now they're not even the best of the best, right? So uh, how far can they go? They're very beatable. You know, they are very beatable. So Again, can they start get enough stops? Do they have that? You know, when they were running and gunning, it looked great. But now, can they do it? Can they play different styles? Well, I don't know. If they play anything like they did against St. Mary's, then they'll be in business. But we'll go. just see how sustainable that is. Um, also tonight, I know a lot of people liked Texas A&M Corpus Christi today. Um, but laying the four points, they weren't so sure about. You're not scared of it. Why were you willing to lay the number? Uh, uh, Southeast Missouri State cannot play defense without fouling. They foul (laughs) almost as much as anybody in the country. I think 362nd in fouls committed, 357 in free throw attempts by opponent. Uh, And and A&M Corpus Christi, Lutz, their coach, he's going to be a power five job, I would think, in the next three or four years. He's a good coach. They're a tough team to prep for. They cut off the ball constantly, and they make their free throws. They shoot about 80% from the line. So you got a team that fouls a lot, that can't play defense without fouling, Against a team that makes their free throws, I think Texas A&M Corpus Christi moves on. This is another team. They were in this game last year, so they have a little experience in this spot. Well, well, we, you know, you sent us your final four picks. I don't want to give them away, but, you know, you, you went outside the box. I kind of like it. You went to the Conference USA, Florida Atlantic. You know, do you even know where Florida Atlantic is? Do you know where they play? Do you even <laughs> know that? Florida. Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah, Boca Raton. I mean, you know, the, they're there. Down with, uh, down with Uncle Junior, Boca Raton. Boca, that's right. You're from Boca. Let's go to Boca. Uh, they got two players really You just outs- need the glasses, Will. You just need the glasses. He really does. They got two players that are really good. They were one of the best offensive teams in, in their conference. So tell us why you think they have this opportunity to get to the Final Four. By the way, my buddy played football there for the great uh, Howard Schnellenberger. I believe he started the program. I mean, he started yeah. at the Owls, the the Florida Atlantic Owls. Great stadium. They have a lot of good things going on down there. Lane Kiffin was there, and then he got the Mississippi job. Yep, that's right. I hate that they drew Memphis in the first round because Memphis is really good. But I think if they can get by Memphis, they match up really well against Purdue because they actually have a, a, somebody who can match up against Edie. They have a 7-1 center in Golden, and then they will spread Purdue out. Purdue will, be a t- will have a hard time. Uh, guarding them in space. They can really spread it out with their four guards. So if they can get by Memphis, I think they're a really tough matchup for Purdue. And hey, if you get into the Sweet 16 with this team, then anything can happen. So I think that's a wide open bracket. I don't love this Purdue team. I think it might be even a harder game for Memphis than it is Purdue uh, in this first weekend. So I think this is a really good team, a dangerous team. It was a bad draw with Memphis, but after that, uh, the, the bracket sort of breaks open. I'm sure people be picking Duke after their run to the ACC and you know what North Carolina did. People are going to be making parallels there, but uh, I'll take a little shot here. You got to have some fun. You got to be a little different, and uh, I will take Florida Atlantic. You can get them 
40 to 1 to come out of this region. That's uh, that's worth a little play for me. And plus 115, plus 120 just to win this game against Memphis. Moneyline is a two and a half point dog. Well, uh, it's interesting. Everybody, no matter whether it's FAU or Memphis winning this game, I feel like every bracket has me- has somebody beating Purdue in that round. <laughs> Nobody likes Purdue's guards. And it's almost it's funny. Purdue's almost a sleeper as a one seed. And it, it makes you nervous anytime somebody's picking the same upset. So I understand it. But I feel like more people are picking Memphis over Purdue. So I think Florida Atlantic's still a little bit of a sleeper. But, yeah, you make a good point. It's funny to see a top-five team like Purdue all year. And just nobody seems to like them. And for good reason. They seem to stub their toe in the tournament a lot. Uh, you know, Edie, if you can scheme against him, the rest of the team is really beatable. You know, this is a tournament where, you know, you it really, I don't think you can laugh at anybody's bracket yeah. because this college basketball season is so unpredictable. You just really don't know. And even the ones don't seem like they're dominant one seeds. You know, maybe Alabama is the best team. How they handle it down the stretch, I don't know. But, you know, other Good than point. other than those, I, I, I don't. You know, where, where else are there? Michael, it's, it's Will, like the Will doesn't even yeah. have a single one seed in his final four. I know. I, know. I mean, I, I, I couldn't argue. I can't make fun of it. It's not like the NFL where one team has Mahomes and the others don't. You could put a blanket over 20, 30 of these teams. And, and really, you know, a lot of these teams are pretty equal. There's a ton of parity this year. Yeah, I mean, look at the the eight, nine seeds that we're looking yeah. at. They're both, what, Memphis is 18 to one to get there and Florida Atlantic's 20 to one to get there. So that those are fairly significant numbers, I mean, for eight, nine seeds. Well, we're up against the break, but your final four was Arizona, FAU, Texas, UConn. Who wins it? I got Texas winning it. All right. The Longhorns, baby. Sands, Chris Beard. What a story. Absolutely. Awesome stuff, as always. Make sure y'all are following him at NotTheWillHill on Twitter. Great stuff, as always, buddy. Appreciate you. We're going to step aside here on the Lombardi line. But when we come back, back to the NFL. A slow day here with this legal tampering period open. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.